Hey, this is Sandra. This is Jess. And this is Emily. And you are listening to Town Meeting, a Gilmore Girls Rewatch podcast. Welcome to the bits for Happy Birthday Baby. It was Lorelai's birthday this week, or last week, or whatever, in this episode. Yes, Some the giant pizza, time. the Czech drama. The Jimmy Choo's. Lots of things. Um, and I think Emily is going to give us a summary. So everybody just, like, take a breath, because you know so, Emily won't. <laughs> here's the thing. My asthma has been acting up lately. Oh, no. So I tested it out earlier and I had like three seconds left, but I was also very winded at the end of it. I am officially in my third trimester. So that means this kid is pushing up on my lungs and down on my bladder at the same time. Called this so, so the thing long is, ago. You did. You absolutely did. The thing is, my mouth can move just as fast. Whether I can keep the available Dirty. breath needed, <laughs> different story. <laughs> well, your health and health of baby are our yes. greatest concern. So if you need to, I don't know, fail, that would it's be fine. fine. <laughs> I refuse. <laughs> you ready? I am ready. Count me down. All right. Three, two, one, go. Richard makes the meal for Friday night dinner and Rory announces she is going to yell. Construction to fix the inn has begun and it's not pretty. We meet Tobin, the night manager, and Michelle does not like him. Lorelai's birthday is coming up. Luke gives the gift of manual labor. Richard gives her $75,000 from an investment. Michelle and Tobin battle over dominance and Rory plans a huge party. Luke agrees to meet Nicole's parents and ends up ranting to them about Jess skipping school. He apologizes to Nicole and then steals Jess's car. Rory hires not Suki to make a giant pizza and cake for the party and Jackson is not having it. Lorelai plays Chilton. Lorelai pays back Chilton and Emily freaks out. The episode ends upon seeing the massive birthday party. Time. I think Time. that was perfect. That was, that was perfect. perfect. I in wow. my in my head, I said party, and then the timer went off in my head. I was like, or in my <laughs> in my headphones, I was like, I think I got it. You yeah, that was did get it. Perfect on the dot. I'm sorry, Jess, but she uh, she did pass. I'm not competitive, but I also don't want to lose two times in a row. <laughs> well, congratulations, Emily. Good summary, and yeah, that does cover it. It was a hefty episode for being kind of a filler episode, we thought, last week. It feels like a filler episode, because it doesn't feel like there's anything too crazy other than, like, the check and the paying back of Yale, mm-hmm. but... I'm not going to lie, it's a yeah. nice repose. Mm-hmm. It's not going to yeah. last. We know this, right? But this episode was a nice, just mm-hmm. Gilmore Girls episode. Yeah. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Well... Well done, Emily. You made it through, even with baby, even with asthma. <laughs> yes. Begrudgingly. And let's jump into this week's references with Sandra. Weekly references with Sandra. Weekly references with Sandra. All right, guys, let's talk references. So first, let's start with a song that is both super iconic and super annoying. Yes, we're talking about the Macarena. I love it. 
So the Macarena came out in 1993, a song by the pop duo Los del Rio. Los del Rio? Hmm. Or Those from the River in Spanish, in English rather, on their album A Mi Me Gusta. And it was then remixed by Miami-based producers The Bayside Boys in 1996, and it exploded. Not only the song, but the dance as well. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yes. It is engraved in my yeah. brain. <laughs> so, the Macarena, we've all listened to it. We've all danced to it. Emily Jess, what is this song about? I f- okay, so I feel like this popped up in some clickbait on some of my social media very recently mm-hmm. that I, I There's read a reason because for it. I knew this song was in this episode. If I remember correctly, it is about a woman cheating on her boyfriend with oh, we'll get into it. Pull people. Is that what the one and the oh, two yeah. end up? So, at okay. the same time. <laughs> so this song is about a woman, like you said, Macarena, whose boyfriend is away in the army. And it is in both in English and in Spanish. So here are some of the Spanish lyrics. Uh, Dale a tu cuerpo alegría macarena. Que tu cuerpo es para darle alegría cosa buena. Dale a tu cuerpo alegría macarena. Which in English means give your body some joy macarena because body is for giving joy and it's good. I stand a sex positive song. Yeah. Yeah. But it doesn't end there. It gets more explicit. This time in English. They all want me, they can't have me, so they all come and dance beside me, move with me, chant with me, and if you're good, I'll take you home with me. And, but don't you worry about my boyfriend, he's a boy whose name is Victorino, I don't want him, couldn't stand him, he was no good, so I, now come on, what was I supposed to do? He was out of town, and his two friends were so fine. Wow, with the friends! With his friends, yeah. I mean, not great. Not awesome, <laughs> but wow. Like, yeah, children uh, listen to this song all the uh-huh. time. This is like, you learned to dance in elementary school. Yep. Okay, so let's, this, it came out in 93? 93, but it, it like became very big in 96. Okay, I was seven at this mm-hmm. time. Oh, no, so five. My, 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 my playlist was Macarena, To Become One by the Spice Girls. It's another dirty song, yeah. Wanna be by the Spice Girls. Wanna be my lover. It, yeah, I guess. It, you don't know what any of these songs mean when you're seven no. years old, so it's fine, right? You don't, and especially if it's in another language. Oh yeah. Right? Oh, I but the I did threesome not understand. part is in English. Yeah, but they talk so fast and, and, and exactly. I did not understand any of it. I understood the Macarena and and that's all I heard. And I you're focused dance. so hard on doing the moves that you're not really listening to the song. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's fine. It's fine. Well, I encourage anyone listening to look up the lyrics, but they are kind of dirty. So be warned, I guess. But speaking of a Spanish-English mix, let's talk about Rene Estevez, who is mentioned by Tobin as one of the celebrities he knows. So Rene is the youngest and only daughter of Jeanette and Ramon Estevez, a.k.a. Maureen Sheen. Her three older brothers are also actors, Ramon Luis Estevez, whose most famous role is 1990's Cadence. Either of you guys... No, I... I, 
as well as Emilio Estevez, who starred in The Breakfast Club and St. Elmo's Fire and The Outsiders and The Mighty Ducks. And of course, Carlos Estevez, also known as Charlie Sheen, who starred in Two and a Half Men and Wall Street and also is just generally famous for being Charlie Sheen. Yeah. And of course, she's the daughter of Maureen Sheen, aka President Bartlett from my favorite TV show I previously talked about, The West Wing. Go watch it. It's amazing. (laughs) So Renee is definitely from a famous family, I would say. She did star in Heathers as Betty Finn. And she did do some guest roles on Jag and McGuire. MacGyver? That's what I meant to say. (laughs) On Jag and MacGyver. As well as The West Wing, which is, again, my favorite show. But for the most part, she really just did cameos in her brother's and father's films. Like, So, Tobin, congrats on knowing Renee. I agree, it would be cool to know her. She sounds like a cool lady. But if you look at the facts, let's Mm -hmm. just say she's not the most famous of the Estevez family. Yeah. Yeah, that seems fair. Um, And lastly, I have a guest star. John Polito, a.k.a. Pete, the pizza man. He was a very famous character actor. In his 35 years of acting, he amassed over 220 credits. Wow. That's crazy. Um, Most notably as Detective Steve Crossetti in the first two seasons of Homicide, Life on the Streets. He's also been in The Crow, The Rocketeer, uh, American Gangster, and The Big Lebowski. Lebowski? TV-wise, name a TV show and this man has been on it. Like, The Drew Carey Show, Avatar The Last Airbender, Desperate Housewives, Scrubs, The Ghost Whisperer, Handy Mandy. Handy Manny? Sure. (laughs) He's the ultimate... Oh, that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Two and a half men. I just have Mon. No, Monk. (laughs) I was like, what is Mon? Um, Monk, The Mentalist, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, Modern Family, American Dad, and so much more, including Mike and Molly, which starred Melissa, and Bunheads, which is Amy's other show that she did after this. Mm -hmm. He was born in 1950 in Philly. He did pass away in September of 2016. But if you believe the idiom, if you leave behind creative work, you'd never truly die, is definitely true with John Polito, our pizza man, who has been in everything. Gosh, yeah. But those were my references. Macarena, Renee Estevez, and John Polito. And up next, we have a band with Emily. Books, movies, and music with Okay, yes, so this week we have the Red Hot Chili Peppers. While attempting and um, ultimately failing to throw off suspicion for Lorelai's birthday party, Rory says Kirk wanted to get the Red Hot Chili Peppers to play. Lorelai says, why are you so mean to mommy? I find that line hilarious. But (laughs) the Chili Peppers are a phenomenal band. Questionable on the people in it, but but the music's good. I read Scar Tissue by Anthony Kiedis in high school. Great book. Uh, very questionable things happen in this book. Um, but they were formed in 1983 with in L.A. with the lead singer, again, Anthony Kiedis, Flea, possibly one of the greatest bassist players to ever live, uh, guitarist Tilo Slovak, and dr- drummer Jack Irons. So the fun thing with how they were formed, their entire first concert, they were like, I, I think they had a connection at the Rhythm Lounge Club, if I remember correctly from the book. 
Their entire first concert was 100% improvised with Anthony Kiedis rapping. There was no rehearsal. There was, there was nothing. It was four guys who play restaurant, who, well, three guys and Anthony who play instruments getting on stage and like, K, and it went well. Well enough that they were asked back. They played, I think, six shows. And then in 1984, their manager, Lindy Goetz, got them signed with a seven album deal with EMI America and Enigma Records. That's a lot of albums. Off of a improvised concert, essentially. And, you know, they, they did a handful of shows after that. So it's not entirely on that, but still, that's super crazy to me. Um, unfortunately, Irons and Slofak, the guitarist and drummer, were already committed to another band called What Is This? So they are not on their debut album. They were replaced by Jack Sherman and Cliff Martinez. Slovak did end up coming back for the second album, Freaky Styly, and Irons rejoined for their third album, The Uplift Mofo Party Plan. Unfortunately, and this is going to be a long, drawn-out battle, Slovak died of a drug overdose in 1988. And Irons left shortly after that. So Slovak ended up getting... They were then replaced with Chad Smith, the drummer who, you know, looks like Will Ferrell. Oh, yes. I Chad this. Smith, the drummer who looks like Will Ferrell, and John Frusciante, who I might be butchering his name. I'm not 100% sure how to say that last name. Chad has essentially been with Red Hot Chili Peppers since then. John Frusciante was, uh, he left for a while. He was replaced by Dave Navarro, who, he was the Diary of Jane. Mm-hmm. He was the, he was the guitarist for that. He was also married to Carbon Electra, and they had their own reality oh, wow. show on MTV for a long time. Yeah, I feel like that's where I would know him that's from. That's exactly why you know I definitely know him. didn't listen, yeah. I definitely didn't watch it, or listen to his music. Um, and then he ended up leaving in... They went through kind of a handful of guitarists here and there. He stayed the longest, but then Frusciante came back. Their third album is the one that actually got them on the radar. They had decent, they had some decent charts, um, decent numbers with their first two albums. Nothing too crazy, but with their third album, they hired Rick Rubin to produce it. Well, they tried to hire Rick Rubin, but he declined due to the band's increasing drug problem. Very long drawn out problem in the chili peppers for all of them mostly heroin but eventually they did get it created it peaked at number 148 on the billboard 200 chart and then after that we have really what is the creation of the chili peppers as we know it their next album was blood sugar sex magic which is where we have give it away under the bridge some of their most popular songs that you will always hear (laughs) It was listed number 310 on Rolling Stone's list of 500 greatest albums of all time. Rose to number three on the U.S. albums chart. The band began their tour with Nirvana, Pearl Jam, and Smashing Pumpkins. That's wow, a cool lineup. What a lineup. Right? Yeah. So Dave Navarro first appeared with the band at Woodstock in 1904, 1994, performing earlier versions of the song. He eventually left, I think, also drug-related problems, but I could be wrong. This is memory from me. But then Frusciante returned, and we got Californication. Another fantastic album. Fantastic song. We all Still plays on the indie radio by me. Because mm-hmm. it's amazing. Other side, the song Scar Tissue. 
This album was listed at number 399 on the Rolling Stone magazine list of greatest albums of all time. After that, we also had By the Way, Zephyr, Can't Stop, Universally Speaking. Like, they have so many great songs and so many great albums. Jadium Arcadium came with Danny California, Tell Me Baby, <laughs> Hump to Bump. I always forget about that one. <laughs> It was so Hump to Bump was planned to be a U a single for the U.S., Canada, and Australia only, but it had like such great feedback that it was released worldwide in 2007. Wow. And then again, they did the there was a Stadium Arcadium World Tour in 2006. They did a lot of festivals, and then they were on Saturday Night Live with Tom Hanks as the host. Oh, cool! After that, they took a bit of a break. They Recorded only with George Clinton in 2008 with, uh, on his album George Clinton and His Gangsters of Love, accompanied by Kim Manning. And they recorded a new version of Shirley and Lee's classic, Let the Good Times Roll. A classic. Cool. Yeah. Weird, but cool. In 2011, they started, in 2010 and 2011, they started recording their 10th album, I'm With You. They were going to release another double album, which... Okay. Before, if you had too many songs for a single CD, you would get two CDs. (laughs) You would, yes. They decided against it, reducing the album to only 14 tracks so it could fit all on one CD. On that one, we got Monarchy of Roses, Look Around, Did I Let You Know. After that one, they had The Getaway that took about 2015 to 2018. They released Fandemonium in November of 2014, a book dedicated to their fans. John Frusciante left kind of left the band for unknown reasons as far as i can tell and then he ended up coming back in 2019 and they came out with i believe they came out with another album wow oh yes yeah unlimited love they came out with another album unlimited love which actually came out this year i believe yes it came out april 1 of this year and it became their first u.s number one chili peppers album since stadium arcadium with black summer and these are the ways so we can get into the nitty gritty of the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I, I don't know if I want to do that. They have done, they have done <laughs> some some great activism act, activism with like climate change and Hurricane Katrina. They have played and supported a handful of really great organizations and charities across the country. There have also been drug charges and sexual assault assault charges. And while I don't want to get into the nitty-gritty of those they did exist honestly if you read scar tissue they don't hide it mm. can i tell you the only story i know about this band because i never yeah. really listened to them i think i was too young mm-hmm. when they came out and then they weren't my music when i grew up i recently watched uh woodstock 99 oh, the yeah. they had on netflix and apparently flea got Yes. But naked yes, he did. on stage. Whoa. Yes, he did. Like, completely naked. And was completely mm-hmm. into it, let's say, yeah. at the time. Yes. That's the only <laughs> thing I know about this band. So Actually, if, I remember that happening. Really? I think I would... I would have been... It was 99, so I would have been I wasn't like watching eight. it live. I remember hearing about it when mm-hmm. it happened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, because it was live on MTV. I wonder if they I think blurred, they blurred it, it or if they couldn't catch it in like- time. Yeah, generally there's, like, a little bit of a delay so that the censors can, like, Mm -hmm. do their thing on live TV. Just in case someone goes naked on stage, yeah. Yeah. So, 
But yeah, that is the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Fantastic music. Many of them, specifically Kiedis and Flea, have done some very questionable things in their lives. Chad Smith is known for looking like Will Ferrell. And I'm fairly sure that they <laughs> both were on some kind of late night talk show together and had some kind of lookalike contest or something of each other. I don't know. I don't. I feel, I feel it like it would have been like Stephen Colbert or Conan or something like that. I remember watching it many time, many years ago. It was funny. That's the Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> After that, we have Fashion with Jess. <laughs> Choices, making fashion choices, making fashion choices with Jess. All right. In this episode, Lorelai's birthday episode, Lorelai does make a few interesting fashion choices, including her snake t-shirt to Friday night dinner and her raw-edged military-inspired jacket that she wears to the inn at one point. But instead of digging into those, I want to do a deep dive into something that is mentioned in the episode, and I hinted at this last week. Um, We're going to do a little bit of a deep dive into Jimmy Choo. And I know that Emily is excited about this because she has shared with us that she was obsessed with Jimmy Choo's. Yes. Now, Emily, did you ever own any Jimmy Choo's? Oh, no. But in high school, that was my life goal. (laughs) Yeah. I wanted to. Oh. Turns out they're expensive. Question, did this obsession come before or after this episode of Gilmore Girls? I don't know if I could pinpoint exactly when the obsession started, but mm-hmm. I don't recall watching anything else that actually addressed Jimmy Choo's. I was not Sex in the City. I didn't watch any of these. So mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I firmly believe my obsession with Jimmy Choo's came from this one episode. This one mention All of right. them. Well... We are Gilmore Girls friends. Let's talk about Jimmy Choo then. So Jimmy Choo is both the name of the company and also the originator of the company. Jimmy Choo was born in Malaysia. He is of Chinese descent and his family name, his last name is actually Chow, but was misspelled as Choo on his birth certificate. Sure. Thus creating Jimmy Choo. His parents were shoemakers and they passed their trade along to him. And he made his first pair of shoes at 11. They were like slippers. So Jimmy Choo obviously got his start in shoemaking very young. And he opened his first boutique in the East End of London in 1996. And the company was co-founded by the British Vogue editor at the time, Tamara Mellon. So clearly, they saw a lot of promise in young Jimmy Choo. Now they have locations in New York, Beverly Hills, Paris, Rome, Tokyo, London. They are now one of the most well-known luxury shoe brands in the world. The brand describes itself as a global luxury brand with an empowered sense of glamour and a playfully daring spirit, which to me sounds very Lorelai. Yep. Right? A playfully daring Mm -hmm. spirit, extremely Lorelai. I wanted to look at what the company was doing at this point in time, around 2003. So in 2003, the company opened its flagship store on Manhattan Avenue in New York and a flagship store in New Bond Street in London. So this was a pretty banner year for Jimmy Choo. This was, a you know, really coming into their own. And also Jimmy Choo launched a collection of handbags in 2003 
So I sincerely doubt if Lorelai had gone and decided to actually get herself the Jimmy shoes, she would have only gotten shoes. She would have absolutely also gotten handbags. <laughs> the Jimmy Choo brand has gone through a number of different kind of ebbs and flows over the years, but the most recent major change occurred in 2017 where Michael Kors, not like the man himself, but like Michael Kors, the, the corporation, actually purchased mm-hmm. Jimmy Choo. Interesting. So Jimmy Choo is now owned hmm. by Michael Kors, which I think is interesting because as somebody who is definitely like, Obviously, I really like fashion. I enjoy following fashion. If you were to present to me Jimmy Choo and Michael Kors and ask me which one of these is the more luxury brand. Jimmy Choo, absolutely. I would say Jimmy Choo. Like, Michael Kors is something that I can find at, like, I don't know, like a nice TJ Maxx, right? Yeah. Like a Macy's. Jimmy Choo feels so much more elevated than that. But no, actually, it was bought for, like, 800 896 million pounds in 2017. Wow. Yeah. So quite quite a, a hefty sum. But yeah, now Jimmy Choo is owned by Michael Kors. Jimmy Choo are Jimmy Choo's shoes have been said to be favorites of Princess Diana, which of course was a really great way to build your fashion brand during that period of time. Oh yeah. Anything that Princess sure. Diana wore instantly became iconic. And sought after by both famous people and, you know, everyday people who saw her in tabloids or on television. Um, They are also favorites of Carrie Bradshaw. The iconic, I lost my chew line when she loses her shoe. Again, kind of drew focus to the brand. Uh, And essentially, every famous person who wears luxury shoes has been spotted in Jimmy Choo's at some point. This is just a few of the people who I have found photographic evidence of wearing Jimmy Choo's. Kate Middleton, Nina Dobrev, Jennifer Aniston, Katy Perry, Beyonce, Charlize Theron, Selena Gomez, Halle Berry, Kate Blanchett, Michelle Obama, Jamie Chung, Lily James, Mandy Moore. Essentially, everyone who is fabulous and wears fabulous shoes owns at least (laughs) one pair of Jimmy Choo's. Kit Harrington of Game of Thrones fame actually even represented their men's line, which was released semi-recently. And they're even referenced in High School Musical, the second High School Musical, where Sharpay says, bring me my Jimmy Choo flip-flops. So even Sharpay Evans mm. can afford Jimmy Choo's if you wanted to know how rich she is. And speaking of money, obviously this all comes from the conversation around that $75,000 and Lorelai saying she could get 150 pairs of Jimmy Choo's, which works out to roughly, I mean, $500 a pair. Now, the average pair of Jimmy Choo's is going to run you somewhere closer to $1,000 a pair. Of course, you can find sales and discounts, but when I was looking around at kind of the standard Jimmy Choo, you know, pumps or stilettos, $1,000 is a good amount to budget. So while she could only get... 75 pairs in today's money, Lorelai could still make some pretty big damage with $75,000 at Jimmy Choo. Did you guys see that hot pink combat boots? Because I'm obsessed with them. That are, that are Jimmy Choo's? Yes. Ooh. Yeah, when Emily was scrolling, there were hot pink boots, and I was like, oh damn. How much were they, though? Because I can't see... These? 
seven ninety five. Yeah. So Jimmy Choo, yeah, okay. Jimmy Choo oh, also I think either is in cahoots with or bought Timberland. So these are actually a Timberland book. A, or I think Timberland. it's collab crossover collab, collab. right now. Collab. Yeah, because I know collab. It's on their that's website. the word. Mm-hmm. I yeah. couldn't think of anything, so I said cahoots. <laughs> <laughs> They're in cahoots. <laughs> They're up to something. It's shoemaking. So, here's the thing that also just popped in my head, which maybe this is where may, my obsession came from. My grandma passed away in 2004, and I found out that she had a pair of pristine Jimmy Choo boots, and my aunt doesn't oh my know where they went. Oh my now, gosh. the thing is, my grandma's feet That's were smaller than my feet, so I could not have worn them, but I would have been able to see a pair in person. <laughs> At least I've My aunt pair. would have gotten them. Because <laughs> next to those 800 hot pink boots is a $6,000 yeah. crystal six, boot. Six inch <laughs> heel crystal boot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Insane. no the um the variety of shoes that are still available and have been available from Jimmy Choo is pretty wide. I think especially now more and more brands are like we have to offer something for everybody. We can't be as you know specific mm-hmm. as we were back in like the nineties. No, but they are they are lovely. I would say in my mind, like Jimmy Choo's are up there with like red bottoms, right? Like Louboutins, like mm-hmm. that's all kind of one in my head. And then Michael Kors is way down there, but. What do I know? Apparently nothing. <laughs> I got familiar with Michael Kors watching Project One Runway. And then, yeah, he's right? in TJ Maxx. He's got, uh, well, not him, but the line has, there's a, a fashion mall near me that has, like, Coach, Dunian Burke, has some of those, like, mm-hmm. higher brand. It but does not have we, Jimmy Choo, though. Right? We do have to mention that there's a difference between Michael mm-hmm. Kors outlets Oh, absolutely. There's, like, couture Michael Kors, because, and then there's, like, yes. what he does specifically for, like, budgets. And I do exactly. appreciate that, you know? I I don't want to sound like I'm talking bad mm-hmm. about Michael Kors, because I think, mm-hmm. like, making affordable fashion for people who are, you know, like, have average incomes. Normal. That's a yeah. completely legitimate and necessary thing. Thank you, as a person with a lower than average income. <laughs> One of my favorite purses ever that I wore out uh, was a Michael Kors bag from TJ Maxx. Yeah. I still I mean, have he it. Makes, Doesn't. He makes a solid item. He does. And now he makes Jimmy Choo's. <laughs> but that was my yep. deep dive into Jimmy Choo's. I hope you learned a little something. Um, and also, if you are in the, the market, just remember, it's not $500 anymore. It's like $1,000. Unless you want the super simple ones, and then it's like seven to eight hundred. Seven hundred. Yeah, still yeah, fine. you know, more affordable. Budget a thousand. Yeah. <laughs> but so after <laughs> fashion, we have Stars Hollow Speaks. La 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 First up for Stars Hollow Speaks, we had last week's episode, or well last Gilmore Girls episode, I did a bit about Joan, D- Joan Didion, and on our Instagram post, we heard from Two Earth from Pluto. She said, I had no idea who Joan Didion was, didn't even remember the reference made to her in this episode of GG, but she sounds brilliant. And it did lead to a fun sort of six degrees of Kevin Bacon-style realization in my mind, because Griffin Dune, who was her nephew, played Uncle Nicky on This Is Us with Milo Ventimiglia. Oh, good connection. I love Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon. That's such a fun game. (laughs) (laughs) 
To be fair, yeah, it's a hard me and my one, family though. always called it Six Degrees of Separation, but I like Kevin Bacon better. Isn't that the movie? Maybe. I, it's just so what my brother the called concept. it. I don't know. I so. It's the concept, and then yeah. people were like, well, you could do Six Degrees of Se- Kevin Bacon, and it rhymes. <laughs> <laughs> well, we also got comments on this episode, Happy Birthday Baby, and we got one from Katie who says, I think she, sh- she as in Lorelai, I think Lorelai should have told Emily she had come into money and would start paying in installments. Hmm. That would have been an interesting concept if she, like, slowly wormed her way in. But I think Lorelai just wanted to be done with it. And I think Emily would get suspicious. She'd be like, where did you, right? She definitely would have asked. I think Emily would have taken it better, knowing that, like, it's an, okay, it's not ending now. It's going to end in three months or or however long it would take. I'm sure Lorelai would have had a plan of some kind. So Emily might not have had the immediate freak out. Yeah, that ties in well to our other comment we got on this episode from Gabby, who said she, Lorelai, should not have paid Emily at the birthday dinner. So disrespectful. And I think this is something that we kind of kind of disagreed on, kind of agreed on. I totally agree with this. I think that paying all at once at the birthday dinner, I completely understand. And Emily made a really great argument for why Lorelai did that in our last episode. But I also think that there was no way that it wasn't going to be extremely hurtful to Emily to do it all at once like that. I agree with the fact that it shouldn't have mm-hmm. been done on the birthday dinner. It could have been yeah. done. I call it as Lorelai's birthday present to herself. True. But yeah, we kind of have that. Yeah. I think without like setting aside like a special, mm-hmm. like essentially another coffee shop visit and being like, mom, I have something really important I want to discuss with you. Will you meet me for tea? And then doing it, there's no way that it wouldn't have been a giant blow up. I mean, it was going to be a blow up regardless. I I really don't see Emily ever taking this well. Even even paying in installments once you got close to the end, she would start freaking out, I feel like. But yeah, we'll never know. (laughs) But that was Stars Hollow Speaks this week. Hey, guys, you know what I want to hear from you guys, the listeners? Could you guys possibly give us some reviews on Apple? Oh, yeah. We haven't had any in a while. Just maybe. I mean, please. (laughs) Review us on any platform. (laughs) Really. The big thing is, we've said this before. We'll say it again. Reviews are one of the best ways to get eyes and ears on our podcast. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And Mm -hmm. a five-star review from you, a listener who thinks we're a five-star podcast, would be pretty cool. And also just make us feel good. (laughs) Yeah. That too. Guys, coffee. Okay. I was paying attention. I swear I was paying attention. Okay. But I feel like Lorelai only really had the one cup of coffee. Because we hear about two off-screen cups that she drinks before her dad gets there. But she only has the one already sitting there. And she asked for another, but they would never poured it. Mm -hmm. So... Did we dot, dot, dot. Did we ever have Lorelai and Rory and we never really had him in Luke's today? Or not to, well, in the no, episode. Luke had his own thing yeah. with Jess. And Rory was just busy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. So, one cup of coffee with Lorelai um, and that's mm-hmm. it. Rory might have had 100 Red Bulls, but that's not <laughs> coffee, so. You know, like, I can only assume she bought the sugar-free for Jackson and then got the sugar full for herself and then drink all 48 
because who drinks that much Red Bull? I mean, one of my brothers. I've never had a single sip of Red Bull, so I've I wouldn't know. I, it's I've been years tried for me. A couple, I think. There's like a blueberry one that I that I remember trying. I'm not I'm not big on energy drinks. <laughs> yeah, I can't no. do energy drinks. I can't do coffee. Anxiety That's ruins fair. my life. No, it's fine. I don't need them anyways. That's fine. Um, but yeah, that's that's it. A shorter episode today. That's all right, right? No, actually, it's not a shorter episode. Um, (laughs) it is not the bits. But (laughs) that was the bits. This was the bits. As always, I was Sandra, and I was Emily, and I was Jess. And we'll see you next week. Bye. 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 Thank you so much for listening. This is Town Meeting, a Gilmore Girls rewatch podcast with Sandra, Jess, and Emily. You can follow us on Instagram at Town Meeting Pod. Send us an email at townmeetingpod at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at anchor.fm slash townmeetingpod and click message. You can also support us by subscribing to us on Spotify or buying us a cup of coffee on buymeacoffee.com slash townmeeting.